This was Reverend Marvin Harada, Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Welcome to our Meditation Service podcast. Each week we will have a different presentation, including different sutra chanting, different speakers, and different Dharma messages. Through this Meditation Service program, we will have both seated and standing meditation, sutra chanting, and a Dharma message. We hope that this Meditation Service podcast will enable the listener to experience meditation, to experience sutra chanting, and to listen to a Dharma message. In our Shin Buddhist tradition, we regard meditation as not a practice or as a means to try to attain enlightenment, but we are simply sitting to calm ourselves so that we might better receive the Dharma, hear the Dharma. Our everyday life is so hectic and fast-paced and busy that we need a little bit of quiet time, tranquility. We find it hard to focus on listening to a message, and so by sitting first, we're able to settle ourselves, calm ourselves, and open our hearts and minds to receive the teachings. Once we learn how to receive the teachings in a meditation service, we find that we're able to receive the teachings even in our everyday life. We encounter teachers anywhere. It could be a driver. It could be a bartender. It could be your pet cat or dog that gives you a teaching relevant to your life. Thank you. During the 1100s and 1200s in Japan, one of the big issues for Japanese Buddhism was trying to understand sudden awakening or sudden enlightenment where one can suddenly realize insight. And what happened was is this debate began to challenge the very meaning or purpose of practice. If one already, in a sense, had all the requirements to be Buddha and all you had to do was realize it, then why do we practice? If we're not converting ourselves from an unenlightened being to an enlightened being, then, then what are we doing? Why do we have to do anything if it's innate? If awakening is something innate within us, why do we need to practice? So during this period, there was a great Zen master named Dogen. He lived from 1200 to 1253. Zen master is kind of an American term. I don't think that's really something they use in Japan. It sounds a lot like a Jedi master. You could think of him as a Roshi or a Sensei. He went throughout Japan asking all the Japanese greats in Buddhism at the time, why do we practice if we already have Buddha nature? If one has Buddha nature, then what are we practicing for? Dogen can't find the answer in Japan that he's looking for, and he heads back to kind of the, the source of Japanese Buddhism. He travels back to China. He practices at various monasteries, and he realizes that we practice not to attain or achieve awakening, but to experience it. So when we sit in meditation or we chant, practice is something we embody and that we experience. So it's like swimming. We are naturally buoyant. It's an innate part of us. We're a giant bag of water uh, covered with skin. And if you go into the ocean, you experience your buoyancy for the first time. So it's a reality, 
but it's not experienced or realized until one enters the water. And for Dogen, practice was entering the water to experience one's Buddha nature. That's the answer to the question that satisfied him. He comes back to Japan. The first thing he writes is a one-page, it's called the Fukan Zazengi, roughly translated, uh, Universally Recommended Instructions for Zazen, or for Meditation. And he writes it in everyday Japanese. So it's short and easy to read, so his fellow countrymen can begin to practice as well. And we have this uploaded. He says that for practicing meditation, the the uh, description and the advice is, is very commonplace and, and very relevant for today. Even at home, he says you want to find a quiet room. You want to eat and drink moderately because you don't want to get drowsy or sleepy. And you want to put aside all involvements and suspend all affairs. So forget about work, forget about your day, and begin to try to not think about good or bad. Just experience sitting. And don't judge. Stop judging true and false. Whatever you feel is valid. Uh, Whatever happening, uh, you should accept it without judgment. He also recommends that we give up on the operations of the mind, intellect, and consciousness. Stop measuring with thoughts, ideas, and views. Have no designs on becoming a Buddha. How could that be limited to sitting or lying down? Learn to take the backward step that turns the light and shines it inward. So, you know, these are very good advice for today. Experiencing one's Buddha nature or one's innate true self shouldn't be limited to sitting on a cushion or lying down. You should be able to relax throughout the day. You don't have to be in isolation to be aware. And then again, he gives some very specific instructions that we often tell our visitors that you could adapt it to your body type and to your physical characteristics. But he says you want to sit very straight from the tip of your head down to your sit bones should be vertical like a plumb line. He suggests you sit full lotus or half lotus. Full lotus is really hard. I can do half. Uh, You place one foot on top of the other leg. Then he describes about having your clothes. He uses the word robes, but you want to wear something comfortable. Sweats, shorts, athletic shirt, yoga pants, something comfortable. And then you want to place your left hand into the palm of your right hand and touch the tips of your thumbs together. And you want to remain very straight. And then you want to look down at about a 45 degree angle at a spot about two or three feet in front of you on the floor. And then you want to do abdominal still breathing. So you want to breathe very gently through your nose, down into your diaphragm. This is a very relaxing, calming way of breathing. You also want to align your ears with your shoulders and your nose with your belly button. And if possible, rest the tip of your tongue against the roof of your mouth with teeth slightly together, lips closed but not tense. And he says, always keep your eyes open and breathe softly through your nose. And so eyes open is to help you not get drowsy. I've read a lot of famous Buddhists throughout history. One of the main problems of meditation is becoming drowsy and nodding off. So you want to be alert, you want to be aware, but you want to be still. So there's a little bit of a paradox. You want to be on the edge of your seat and yet totally calm. One metaphor I've heard is it's like a giant bullfrog perfectly still, doesn't move at all, but if a bug comes by, suddenly whips out its tongue and catches lunch. So it's that kind of a thing. 
completely still and calm, and yet totally alert. He says, once you've adjusted your posture, take a breath and exhale fully, rock your body right and left, and settle into steady, immovable sitting. And then think of not thinking. He says, how do you think of not thinking? You want to go beyond thinking. So you're aware, but you're not calculating. He says, this is the essential art of meditation. And I wanted to read you a couple more quotes by Dogen. This is his attitude towards meditation and practice in general. He says, you should therefore cease from practice based upon intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech, and learn the backward step that turns your light inward to illuminate yourself. The meditation I speak of is not meditation practice. Intelligence or lack thereof is not an issue. Continue in such a way for a long time, and you will become such a person. The treasure store will open of itself, and you may freely use it. Abandon all strategies of mental control and pretense of spiritual advancement, and to abide simply in the mysterious state known as body and mind slough off. So again, he's very firm on this point. You're not trying to become anything. You're just experiencing And you've got to get the ego self out of the way to be able to do that. So I hope you keep these words and thoughts in mind while you're meditating. Breathe, experience, be aware. And hopefully, over time, it becomes easier. Lower your expectations. Don't be too hard on yourself. It can take months, but you will begin to see yourself embodying these new behaviors effortlessly as if by habit, out in your everyday life. And so that is the goal, is to fundamental change the way you breathe, the way you see, and the way you feel throughout the day. The sound of the bell will begin, and then we will end with the bell.
please join me in gasho. Namandats, 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 namandats. Please stand, feet slightly apart. Be careful not to lock your knees, just a relaxed, normal standing position. Standing meditation is a very practical form of meditation. So much of our everyday lives, we find ourselves waiting in line somewhere at the post office, at the store. We be, become very impatient, agitated even sometimes. Next time you're waiting in line somewhere, you can simply use it as an opportunity to practice standing meditation. Your hand position and breathing is the same as sitting meditation. The sound of the bell will begin a few minutes of standing meditation.
put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Naman Davids, Naman Davids, Naman Davids, Naman Davids, Naman Davids, Naman Davids. We will begin our second seated meditation. Please be seated. You can resume your former position. Again, back straight, eyes lowered, hands resting comfortably in your lap, legs crossed or sitting in a chair. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Why meditate? Twice I have been examined by magnetic resonance imaging. An MRI exam allows the doctor to check for health problems that would otherwise go undetected. The patient lies down and is slid inside the core of an electromagnet. Imaging can take up to 30 minutes, and you must lie completely still. It's close quarters in there, and rather noisy, with machinery whirling around you. In some people, it can trigger claustrophobia. They find it unendurable, and have to call off the exam or else be sedated. While I was in the apparatus, I closed my eyes, followed the breath, and kept still. Time passed quickly. Because I refrained from moving, the imaging took only 20 minutes. Upon emerging, I jokingly asked the technician if I made an A on the exam. He said, you got an A+. Having an easier time of it during MRI exams is a nice benefit of participating in meditation. Therapeutic benefits could be cited in connection with stress reduction, and pain management, or in lessening the frustration of waiting in line. Not bad as far as utility. Given the benefits, the practice of sitting quietly seems to repay the modest effort that it costs us. However, thinking along those lines, i.e. calculating costs and benefits, is not the main reason to participate in meditation at a Shin Buddhist temple. Another way to think about quiet sitting is to think of it as a ritual, like bowing, chanting sutras, or offering incense. All of these are religious activities that cannot be explained in terms of usefulness. Clearly, they are not done in the hope of gaining a material reward, but we should go further and say that rituals like sitting or chanting are not techniques for self-improvement. Shin Buddhist Awakening is not the result of my calculated efforts to perform religious practices. Rather, awakening occurs in spite of my calculations. I cease to be an active performer of practices, and I become a passive recipient of them. The problem is not with religious practices themselves, but with what I am seeking from them. I chant, I meditate, I offer incense, I want a spiritual reward for my effort. It's all I, I, I. But at some point, we may feel a need that is deeper than receiving a limited benefit, a need not to be distracted from matters of ultimate concern. We may have a desire to live authentically, to give up role-playing, to go beyond the idea of self-improvement. So while it can be expedient at first to chant or meditate with the idea of being rewarded, we might eventually recognize this kind of thinking as provisional or temporary. What ultimately concerns us and leads us to participate in Buddhist rituals is meeting with impermanence. If this meeting does not occur, we may never discover a spiritual dimension in life, where is the spiritual dimension to be found? On the Shin Buddhist path, I do not look for an external means of transcendence. 
Rather, the path is to commit myself to a question, which can be expressed in various ways. What is impermanence? What is birth and death? What is namo amidabutsu? What am I? These are not everyday questions for which I might be able to discover an answer. When I abandon the idea of self-improvement, I could commit myself to asking, what am I? Rituals like chanting and meditation help us, in spite of our calculated thinking, to embrace this path. Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 This concludes this podcast. I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. It's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast, but the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out into your everyday life naturally. My wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. It surely works, but only if you stick with it. And you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, you actually retard your ability to change over time. You don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. You just want to experience it in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. I will close with Gasho. Hands together and we will bow. This program was presented by Reverend Marvin Harada, Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers Reverend Marvin Harada and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. Copyright 2019, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA, all rights reserved. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts, or please check out our Buddhist online program at everydaybuddhist.org. Our website is ocbuddhist.org. There are Dharma messages that you can read on the website and the online program has a number of Buddhist education courses from introductory level to the study of Buddhist texts. If you've never attended one of our meditation services, we are located at 909 Southdale Avenue in Anaheim. Thank you for joining us today.